0: That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast.
1: You're pitching podcast from pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 20th. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I really do apologize for the late one today. Uh, we had a little bit of an issue, sadly, on the site. Uh, if you know about pitcher gifts, uh, it started because I wanted to create a pitch, pitching gift database 10 years ago. Um, back in 2013, I had this idea and uh, it would come to fruition. And from that, we become PitcherList. Well, sadly, our gift database uh, doesn't work uh, because our hosting service eradicated their servers essentially, and we're figuring out all of our options to get that back. It's such a core foundation of what we do. I know a lot of you don't actually use the player pages as much as I do, of course, but we do have a gift for every single pitch thrown by every single pitcher, and it's so important for us that that's there. So. I have been spending a lot of time today trying to figure out all of our options. If you want to help us get this back, because essentially we have to recreate the entire database, which we will do. But if you want to help, uh, reach out to me on Twitter. Um, send me an email at info at We can use all the helping hands we get. We have a process that we're going to be using uh, to make this. On the good side, it likely means that we're going to do a new batch of 2023 gifts in season, which we normally don't do. Uh, and it would mean that players who have come up this year that we're excited about, they would have gifts, um added to their pages now, so that would be really fun. But yeah, it's a bummer. It's uh, it's it's you know, it's one of those things, maybe one step back, two step forward. We're going to spend a lot of time on it. And I apologize again for the late podcast because I've been dealing with all of that. All right. Reed Detmers was my lead yesterday. 5.2 innings, 300 runs, 2 hits, 3 walks, and 12 strikeouts. You're under golden goal, 24 three 39% CSW. Thank you. Now, keep in mind, this was a careful Icarus as he went into the sixth, and he allowed his final two-word runs after getting pulled with two outs. After striking out the first two batters in the sixth, he then allowed a walk and then two singles, scoring one run, and they got pulled from the game, and both players came around. Oh, man, and it's so so annoying. Uh, Detmer's just cannot escape these six innings he keeps going five and change and he'll get there what's really interesting about this to me is that the slider was just so good seven over 17 over 45 whiffs on that pitch for Demers. yes quick maths there that's like a 38 percent uh swinging strike rate on that pitch 47 percent csw overall on it uh detmers has this four seamer that was better in this one and also a curveball that i think should improve and this slider is here to stay That foundation is still there. I often talk about you need to have two elite pitchers if you're a two-pitch pitcher. He should be a three with that curveball. But considering that slider is that good, um, I do think that the four-seamer and curveball do get better to really complement it. And I think Detmers, as he turns 24 in July, is only going to improve at the big league level. That said, this does feel like a peak at this moment, Um, and this might be more of a generalized 2024 thing for Reed Detmers as he continues to improve. So I I don't want to tell you that, oh yeah, 12 strikeouts, this is what he does all the time. But yeah, this is kind of what's hiding inside. I hope you guys understand why I've been so amped about him. Someone else who also had a phenomenal outing uh, was Michael Kopech. Eight innings, zero earned runs, one hit with zero walks. Ten strikeouts against the Royals. How did he do this? 20 whiffs, 39% CSW, 98 pitches. Here at a gold star because I had no expectations of this because we just can't expect anything from Kopech and what did he do? 96, 97 on the four-seamer, 42% CSW and 15 whiffs on that pitch alone. It was the best commanded four-seamer I've seen all year from Kopech as it was all upper third and very much inside the zone. So he just kept chucking it and then you have curveballs and sliders. That, yeah, they'd be down a decent amount, but not really exceptionally. But better than actually I've seen from Kopech. But this was amazing. Now. I don't really buy that Kopech is going to continue doing this. He hasn't really been doing this. You know, he's had these starts before, and then Kopech kind of falls away. But then he gets the Guardians next. So the floor of chasing this is actually somewhat decent. I mean, sure, he could still falter and be bad, but might as well chase that, right? Maybe this actually does stick around, and he has 96-plus velocity with those four seamers actually in the zone and well-commanded. I don't know. It seemed kind of like a screw it. I'm just going to throw as I want to game. And he nailed it. And maybe that continues. That'd be really, really cool. Shane McCLaney ace is going to ace. Ace is going to ace there. I. Uh, Adrian Hauser almost had a gold star as well. Six innings, zero and in runs for its one walk, four Ks. I mean, if it weren't for Kopeck he would have earned it. But yeah, he throws fastballs and it worked out for him here. And yeah, this isn't going to work long term. Tony in five innings, zero runs, one hit, three walks in 3Ks, only 17% CSW on the splitter, 16% on the slider. Velocity was still there 93. Good CSW on that fastball, but it just feels like, I don't know. I'm glad it worked against the Cardinals. It wasn't terrible command. The splitter was well-located, got outs and all of that. It's just... This isn't exceptional to me, and it feels like the line makes it look better than it was. I mean, three strikeouts and three walks, you you kind of can understand this. He gets Atlanta next, I feel like that's not going to be that good, but hey, the command is all right for Gonsolin. It's not like he's just being chaotic and everything, so we'll see. It's just a bad floor. Uh, Steven Matz, 4.2 innings zeroed, runs one unearned, six hits, two walks, and six Ks against the Dodgers. Honestly, the man survived. Props to him. It doesn't feel like he's going to stick around too long. Uh, In that Cardinals rotation, it's a six-man right now with Libertor, and I feel like Libertor is just gonna own this. While Matt is the more most likely one to get kicked out when he does uh, falter, but I really do want him to succeed. I hope he, I don't know, can build off of this. I mean, it's still a bad whip. It's eight over four point two innings, which is not good. Uh, That's real. That's almost close to a two. It's like a one point eight or something. Not what you want. Uh, Kyle Gibson against the Jays, seven innings, one run, five hits, two walks, five Ks. You never know when Kyle Gibson is going to have that night. At least he has a chance to. So you can tuck that away for the desperate days. But man, you really don't want to rely on this too frequently. James Paxson, once again, did exactly the same thing. Six innings, one run, five hits, two walks, five Ks. Not as many strikeouts, but I mean, it was 96 inside the zone and he just pounded with it. The cutter change curve are still not quite there. Uh, he... he kind of lived East and West with it and wasn't really getting it down in middle as we want to see just get there. And then you can kind of adjust, you know, away to lefties and all that kind of thing. Um, But he's moving with all three, right? He's trying to figure out which one it is that's working. When we really saw James Paxton break out for the first time in his career, it was with that cutter down and in that became the pitch for him as he moved away from changing curve, really away from the change completely. Now that he's reinventing himself, he can kind of figure out what he wants from his, from his three secondaries that he's had in the past. So Paxton, I think, is just going to get better because this fastball, second game in a row, doing exactly the same thing, pounding inside the zone with success. It's just really a question of health at this point. It's always been that question, but now he's two starts in. I had a question today, if you should be dropping Logan Allen or Tony scafani for James Paxton. I say yes, because losing Allen and scafani is not a major problem. And sure, you want to have them in your 12-teamers, but that's not really going to make or break your season while Paxton is certainly performing at a level higher than them. So, I, uh, you know, probably he's going to hit the IL again, but you might as well get that value. Then you'll assess that roster spot then. Marcus Stroman against the Phillies got the win six innings, wanted to run three hits, two walks, four Ks. Great to see that from Stroman as he's a holly and we feel really good about this moving forward. I mean, forget the other start, the blow, whatever that happens. Johan Aviedo, and Brandon like, both had these really interesting starts. out. Bryce Elder and Martin Perez and Joe Ryan, we're going to talk about all of
0: those and today's and tomorrow's games after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Johan you know, Aviado,
1: six innings, one and run, two, it's three walks and seven Ks. You're going to see the three walks and think, oh yeah, right, okay, he's chaotic, all that kind of stuff. Honestly, this was the best commanded game I've seen from Aviado. His slider was working both backdoor to lefties and down and away to righties. And the fastball was around the edge. I mean, he went down and away to righties effectively with this. This was really, really encouraging. 50% sliders. He gets the Rangers next, but then it's the Giants in Oakland. And I do wonder if Aviedo does well against Texas. We're going to be loving that, especially with the Giants in Oakland next. I think I'm back in on Aviedo after this start. Do I want to start him against the Rangers? That's a 50-50. Depends on how my week is going in my head-to-head leagues. But I would want him against the Giants in Oakland. He might actually be set up for a two-start week that week. So I might want to get ahead of that one. Brandon Bilac against the Athletics. Five innings, one earned run, five hits, three walks, and nine strikeouts against Oakland. Don't read too much into this. 10 out of 28 whiffs on the changeup is really nice. Good com- uh, command of it, good precision. But I really don't think the 1.6 whip uh, is the thing you want to chase against the athletics, right, for Bilac. And uh, he's not going to be a guy that you really want to consistently toss every five days. I'm sorry. I just don't want to do that. Even though he's the Brewers next, it's like that whip that scares me. And I feel like this was just a strikeout peak. Martin Perez did exactly what he was supposed to do against Rocky Road seven innings, 200 runs, seven hits, zero walks, seven Ks. He's a Toby. You'd love to see it. He gets Pittsburgh and Detroit next. Wonderful. Joe Ryan, ace is going to ace nine strikeouts, 200 runs in six innings, eight base runners. Fine. But this is fine. This is cool with the splitter and the slider each returning at least a 38% CSW. Also, listen to Alex Fast 101 inter- interview with Joe Ryan if you haven't done that yet. It's on the Pitchless Podcast Network. It's also our individualized talking pitching feed, which is where we do all of our starting pitching interviews. Those are uh, those are evergreen, so uh, definitely check those out. Uh, Bryce Elder, six innings, two earned in runs, seven hits, one walk, and six strikeouts against the Mariners. Uh, 14 whiffs, 29% CSW. It's a dusty donut because of that 133 whip, but honestly, you're totally fine with that. No win because Bryce Miller was on the other side. I have to say Bryce Elder has been performing better than I expected and looking further into it to really make sure that I'm not missing something. The slider is a major pitch for him, but it's allowing 32% hard contact with a 132 batting average allowed is just not right. And keep in mind, that's hard contact over plate appearances, not over when it's in play which then includes also when played appearances end with the strikeout, right? This is 24th percent, uh, percentile, so not good. Normally, sliders that are, like, exceptional are easily under 20% hard contact. Like, the best ones are like, whoa, this is a 10% hard contact pitch. 32% is bad, twenty-four percentile. And his four-seamer, sorry, his sinker, his primary fastball that is 37% usage, is also 24th percentile in hard contact at 42%. So anyone that wants to say, no, he's really good at mitigating hard contact and getting through lineups, I am terrified by this. The amount of, I think he's 170th percentile of how many at, at plate appearances when he faces a batter, how often it results in hard contact. The worst thing you can do as a pitcher. Yeah, he's doing it a ton. So this is going his way. I'm happy for him, but you want to not continue with Bryce Elder if you can sell high. Uh, Zach Granke against the White Sox, 5.2 innings, two runs, 5 hits, 0 walks, and 4 Ks. Uh, it's a Philly. It's very frustrating. He was at 86 pitches. You wanted to see the last up, but he just didn't get it. Whatever. Uh, Zach Greinke can kind of do this every so often, but like you don't want to rely on it too much. He does have a weak schedule, but eh, whatever. Ben Lively against the Yankees, 5.2 innings, two runs, 2 hits, 1 walk, and 8 strikeouts, 56% CSW, and 8 over 25 whiffs on the slider. That's Interesting. He threw it 30% of the time. He pitches for the Reds, by the way, if you don't know. I call him Raggedy Ann. It's a nickname it came up from six years ago, rooted in Minority Report and Lively. But this was against the Yankees. Uh, that slider, 30% usage. I wonder if he pushes that closer to 40 or even 50% because the other stuff is just not good. And you know the wasker rule. I don't do this when it's just one good pitch. But still, there's something. If he goes 50% sliders, then maybe he's a cherry bomb at best, and that's at least something. He gets the Cardinals next. So Ben Lively is not the thing that you want to chase. It's, it's interesting. More interesting than I ever thought Ben Lively would be. Anthony Descafani against the Marlins did we he was supposed to do 6Ks, 7 base runners, 5.1 innings, 2 in runs. Great. He gets the Twins and Pirates next. We start at that. If you are thinking about you're going to hold Descafani through the entire year, don't. He's a Toby. At best, right? I mean, that, that's just what he is. I'm glad to see that the fastball and slider were better commanded. Not even, like, excellently commanded. They were fine. Clark Schmidt against the Reds opposite Ben Lively. Five innings, two in runs, five hits, two walks, six Ks. This is as good as we could have really hoped for. He was really sinker-slider. Sinker with 10 cult strikes, slider doing most of the work as well. Do I think he's going to be a better or equal, I should say, Brady-singer? No. Uh, I think Clark Schmidt isn't really something that you want to chase in 12 teamers. 15 teamers, not really either. I think his streaming spot is better. Bryce Miller had a test against Atlanta. Is he going to be able to just do it with only fastballs? Pretty much, yes. 6.1 innings, three runs. And it was a careful Icarus as he went six innings, one run before the seventh messed him up. Four, four hits, one walk, four Ks. Uh, I mean, really, just a lot of pair of base runners got pulled, and that was that. Uh, and those both came around to score. Bryce Miller is still really good. And I think it's just really a showcase of like how good that four seamer is, regardless of the secondaries not really being much. Uh, that, those are going to get better. And when I talk about the Waskari rule, it's usually a breaking ball, not a fastball. When the fastball is this good, um, the breaking stuff just needs to get a decent amount of strikes and that's it. And that's kind of what Bryce Miller is doing at the moment. There is certainly a higher ceiling here. For Bryce Miller, when the slider and the cutter and all of this stuff just gets really good, or at least one of them becomes very dependable. So I'm a fan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you should obviously be holding on to Bryce Miller as long as possible. Matthew Boyd against the Nationals got the win, I guess. I mean, look, we're not going into Matthew Boyd until we see slider whiffs. Only four slider whiffs were staying out of this one. I uh, Cal Quantrill 5.2 innings three and run six sets zero walks, six Ks. you're honestly happy with it because you're pretty much chasing six innings of exactly the same line from Cal Quantrill against the Mets he's a toby he gets a white Sox next we go with that the sinker just gets a lot of swing guys and the cutter is good enough Waldichuk had a walk per inning against the Astros because duh and we do not touch that you say Kikuchi you really just stop doing it Um Carl Kaufman made his debut for the Rockies in Texas Kind of interesting. He went 7 for 16 whiffs on the four seamer despite being 89 and 90. And the command is really good east west. Kind of interesting for like a sneaky course start out of the blue sometime if he does get regular starts. I mean, Santatella is out. Of course, that was Herman Marquez. So why not? But yeah, maybe when he's in Kaufman, Kaufman will do well. <laughs> uh, Jake Irvin, 2.2 innings. We don't care about this. Same with Ranger Suarez, two innings of four and runs. Don't start these guys. Same with Carlos Carrasco. He's a still ill. Fastball's at 92, not 93, 94. It's at least it's better than like a 91 we saw, but Cubs fills Atlanta next We're not doing that. And then I want to talk about three very disappointing starts from yesterday. We're going to start with Sandy Alcantara, 5.2 innings, four and runs, five hits, three walks, five Ks. I'll put this bluntly. He's going to lose the ace. Is going to ace because he's not pitching like that. He's not getting it. But 17 whiffs and 31% CSW uh, is... Change up as a 472 BABIP at the moment, but 10 more points of hard contact, but never like no pitch should have a 472 BABIP. You understand that? Like even just from basic baseball, it should at least be if it's bad, like a 350, not 472. So that's gonna be better. He hasn't allowed a home run on it at least, but the hard contact is higher. It should come down with time. He's still doing good things with the sinker and the fastball. His slider is getting fewer strikes, which I think is relo- making him rely too much on the, the changes. why the walk rate's a little higher. That will click in. If you want to say that the Marlins' defense is worse and the shift is is messing up with Alcantara, I'm not going to disagree that it isn't a, a negative factor, but it isn't a five-year array factor, right? He's still getting a ton of whiffs. The strikeout rate should go much higher. You know, he's 15th best among all starting pitchers in swinging strike rate right now. So, the strikeouts should come up. This is a wonderful buy low right now uh, for Sandy Alcantara. I think people do want to get rid of him, and I'm in on that. I actually sold him in mine, but I needed out of Luis Garcia, who then hit like four home runs this past week, whatever. But uh, that was my situation. I needed to do it. I recommend buying low on Sandy Alcantara. You probably will get someone who feels like they got ousted. Um, you can probably sell like Sonny Gray. Maybe you can make a deal like that. Something along those lines for a guy who is coming up and very excited, like Bryce Miller for Sandy Alcantara, I bet you can make that swap. And I would do it all day. Even you thinking like, I don't know, I love Bryce Miller. That's the point. That's why you would do it. Okay. Um, Zach Gallant against the Pittsburgh Pirates, 3.2 innings, 500 runs, 8 hits, 4 walks, 2Ks. A very strange start. He really didn't have his... His command. Maybe it was the bird that he killed. Unfortunately, God, that was so wild and ridiculous. And two Arizona guys doing it with Randy Johnson, of course, being the other one. And it was a curveball, which, of course, my my thought was like, well, he wasn't trying to hit it because it was a curveball. But that's so. I, I mean, I feel bad for the bird. Like that stinks. But how wild is that? On um, the the absolute odds of it. Um. Also twice, and it's Arizona. Okay, Zach Allen, much better than this. Good locations of the curve. Everything else was weird. Carl strikes weren't there with the fastball. He wasn't getting it down. Strange. He's not this guy. Um, and Blake Snell against the Red Sox. Oh, four innings, six 600 runs, five hits, two walks, five Ks. I mean, I've expressed everything about this, right? Am I telling you to start him every day? No. If that means you don't want to, you want to chase something else on the wire, go ahead. Do that. I, uh, what I'm saying is that if you think of him like a prospect pitcher who you think is going to be dominant in two weeks, like, yeah, that's, that's what, how you should treat Blake Snell. It's going to click. I do like the fact that he actually did lean more on sliders. And there were some that were really good. The four-seamer command actually was some of the worst I've seen from him this year. And I wonder if actually that would have amplified the slider better if he had that. Um, a lot of them were down with the four-seamer as opposed to up. Was not doing the Blake Snell blueprint. between him like a stash. You know? Uh, we're going to be looking back. But yeah, but since June, blah, blah, blah. He was amazing. This is why you don't let go of Blake Snell. Honestly, you can let go of Blake Snell. It just depends on your situation if you can afford stashing a player right now or not. That's all. Roto Leagues, I think the impact is better. But anyway, that's me. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. Scherzer, Webb, Nola, all easy starts here. Mitch Kellers gets the Diamondbacks. Let's go. Chris Sale against Joe Musgrove. is going to be a really fun game. I'm starting both. Yes, including Joe Musgrove. Even though the slider has been worse. The movement isn't as good. I think that's going to get better uh john gray against rocky road should be really fun logan gilbert gets atlanta but the strikeout rate has been 30 percent. you obviously do that and lucas Giolito, even though he's not throwing 93 94 and the change was worse last time i'm still tossing him out there against the kansas city royals i also will put hunter brown above uh oakland by the way some of these games games already happened i am so sorry um again one of those days but you saw this is the same exact thing as it was yesterday so i'm just gonna go through zach Tanner byby patrick sandoval Braxton Garrett, stream pick of the day. Louis Varland, Brandon Fott. I haven't actually checked any of the games today, so I, I, I'm i sure I was wrong about all of this. <laughs> Questionable star tier, uh, JP Sears and Miles Michaelis. Sears gets uh, the Astros and Michaelis against the Dodgers. Do not start tiers. Freeland, Weaver, Bri- Brito. Brito, Syndergaard, Tyone. Both of those guys, Syndergaard and Tyone, I don't know how many pitches they're going to go. Manoa versus... Rodriguez is going on now. I'm very curious how that is going. Um, Lauer, Patrick Corbin, Lyles, Fajardo, Chavez. I'm not starting any of those down here. I'm looking forward to tomorrow because actually is actionable from when you're listening to this. Kevin Gosman, Shoei Otani, Framber Valdez are my top three. Valdez because it's the athletics and I like what he's doing with the cutter. Kershaw and Wheeler get tougher opponents against the Cardinals and Cubs. That's why they are below, but I still like them as well. Verlander gets the Guardians. Wasn't very good last time against the Rays, but he should be better here. Um, Pablo Lopez against the Angels. Big fan of that uh, because it's Pablo Lopez. Hazel Zuzardo gets the Giants. Let's go. George Kirby looking good against Atlanta. Not as confident as the others, but it still should be good um Merrill Kelly against Pittsburgh it's Pittsburgh and it's Kelly and Freddie pearls has actually been a little bit shaky and he gets the raise so he's at the bottom of this with Merrill Kelly above because I feel like that's just a safer play against the Pirates probable start tier. Shane Bieber against the Mets I don't know if the slider is going to be there I hope it is and the Mets are weird Lance Lynn against the Royals I I said it last time the Guardians were really really bad Lance Lynn was pitching well but the Guardians were an atrocity we're not out of the woods yet we need to see a trend here of Lance Lynn succeeding but I hope this is going to continue here against the Royals. Andrew Heaney against Rocky Road is a wonderful uh, stream. Uh, strikeouts should be good. It's not really streamed because he's going to be rostered, but you should feel good enough with that high enough floor. Hunter Green against the Yankees. The strikeouts are just too much for me not to do that. And Maybe he does survive. Uh, Justin Steele, Justin Steele gets the fills. and I feel like he's pitching worse with, without the slider game, the O swing. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, the fastball is good enough. Josiah Gray gets the trade. You got to do that one, even though I'm not a huge fan of everything that Josiah Gray is putting together right now. And Alex Wood is a stream pick of the day against the Marlins. The Marlins are so bad without a Jazz Chisholm in that lineup. Michael Waka, and also, yeah, Alex Wood pitched enough pitches in the first still ill start to be good enough here. Michael Walker, Jack Flaherty, and Luis Severino are in the questionable start tier. Walker could have his command against the Cardinals. Sorry, against the uh the Red Sox. Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals going against the Dodgers. I hope that it's enough. 93 plus in velocity, whiffs on the secondary stuff. We watched them on the YouTube channel. I think it's a good version of Flaherty right now, but I don't know if that's going to stick start to start. And Luis Severino is a still ill against the Reds, but he did well in AAA. He was ready to go. He might get pushed 75 pitches or so. This could come out well for you, despite being a still ill. And then do not start tier. Steer, <laughs> do not start tier. Dean Kramer doesn't have a high enough ceiling to start against the Blue Jays. Joey Wentz maybe can work out against the Nationals, but again, not a, of a ceiling. Ronson Contreras is a bad fastball. I think this is too risky against the Diamondbacks. Corey Kluber doesn't do enough against the Padres. Jer- Jared Schuster against the Mariners hasn't done it yet. Um, Cooper Criswell might be going for the Rays. I don't care. Don't want to do a Conor Seabold against the Rangers, no way. Kyle Muller, no way against the Astros, and whoever the Royals are doing, don't care against the White Sox. All right, that is it. Thank you so much for your understanding uh, for this late, late podcast. I apologize once again. We'll be back to the normal schedule tomorrow. I have things I have to do in the afternoon tomorrow, so I have to get these out. So they're gonna be very quick. You're gonna hear from me very soon. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I made your pamphlets below and you strike outside.